You are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, The Film Bros. What's going on, film family? It's your boy, CEO Hayes, one of the hosts of the Film Frequency, one of the film brothers. And I'm here because we're the brothers. You know, my brother JB is in the building. What's going on, broski? What's going on, bro? What's going on, film family? It is I, the second half of the film bros, the prodigal on JB in the building. Glad to be here for another episode. We're the film brothers, and that's going to take a whole new meaning starting next year. Because as we posted on our social media, uh, my next short film, you're, you're the writer of, you'll also be in the short film. And then we're doing more shit after that. I actually tweeted out today. I was like, uh, don't be surprised when me and my brother JB are the the premier indie writing directing duo. So there you go. Oh, I didn't even go on Twitter today. I was busy so much shit. That's cool. Yeah. So that that's that's coming. Um, but yeah, yeah, bro. So uh, we got a movie here. We're gonna be reviewing Songbird. But before that, everybody knows what we do. We go into some news. Uh, the first one that I want to jump into. Uh, just picking up on what we talked about last time. We talked about WB. We talked about them the last couple of episodes. So first we talked about their announcement of everything going to streaming. The last episode we talked about how that has effect on the actors. Well, that effect is going to be even more so because even though their movies are simultaneously releasing in the movie theaters, it's now come out that a lot of movie theaters are considering slashing the prices of WB movie tickets because it's going to be available in streaming anyway to kind of undercut uh, the studio there. What do you think about this? Is this a cold war? Is this just a war? I don't know what to say, but it seems like something's brewing between the studios and WB. It's clapback season, bro. And that was a rebuttal. I mean, that's that's straight. That's straight what it is. I mean, it's this is going to be a thing now. This is going to be a thing. And eventually, I think it's going to I think it's going to end bad. And I think the real winners out of all this is going to be us, the viewers. Um, I think they got to keep doing battle. What I don't want to see, though, is I don't want to see this happen with other studios as well. And then turn into like this whole big thing. You know, where where actually the studios say, you know what, screw it. We don't need the theaters anymore. And then we have the death of, of, of uh, studios because we always talked about, hey, can can theaters ever – I'm sorry, not the death of studios, but the uh, death of theaters. We've always had this topic, and we always said, you know what, it's probably never going to happen. But we've always looked at it from a financial standpoint. We've never looked at it from a standpoint where the theaters said, fuck it, or the studios said, fuck it. We've always looked at it as a financial thing. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean the thing that the thing that's so you say we win, but do what? So we win in the sense that we have easily accessible movies. These movies were were, were built for theaters, so they're going to be high quality. It's not like something that was just thrown on streaming because it wasn't good, right? So we have that. We're going to get new movies. It's not going to be like what we had this year with the pandemic, where we just went basically the whole year without consistent new releases. But the, the the theatrical experience, if theaters end up losing this war, even a little bit to the point to where a lot of theaters, because imagine, this is what I'm thinking. I always said that after COVID, a lot of the theaters probably aren't going to reopen, right? The thing that I didn't think about that before, and that's this financial aspect is starting to make me think about is if that happens, then will theaters raise the prices of, of movie theaters to, t- to try to make more money since there's not going to be as many theaters? That's... That's crazy. Go ahead. Okay, so I want to ask you something, but I don't want to use you as an example because I think it's fair to say you go to the movie theaters, uh, you know, pre-COVID more than the normal average person. Absolutely. So I don't want to use you as an example, but I know you mentioned like, oh, what about the theatrical experience? And I'm with you on that, but hear me out for a mm-hmm. second. 
uh, not you, but an average person, approximately, what do you think they spend per year? Just throw out a number at me uh, on movies. The, the concession stands, the whole nine yards. Every, okay, you know, so uh, are you asking per trip to the theater or all year? For the year. I know it's a hard question to ask, but just throw me a number. The average person, because I know some people only really see two or three movies a year on average. Yeah, so. let's talk about a husband, a husband and wife and, and one or two kids. Yeah, let's even go with one kid. Let's say two hundred dollars a year, because I because bro, that's two hundred dollars a year is the average. You think the that's the thing, bro? I don't. Okay, so the average cost. Of, let's just look at the average cost of going to the movie theater. Right. So tickets are about fifteen, what twelve to fifteen dollars each, depending on where you live. So if you're right. talking about a mom, a dad. Two kids right there, you're looking at about 40 bucks. Okay, right. So, I mean, and then so if you add in concessions, which another 20, 25 buck on, buck on concessions, you're saying 65, 70 bucks. If they go on, I'm just, I'm just say two two times a year. I think more people sure. usually go more than two, but let's say two times a year. So that, right. that's easily, easily 150 bucks in the movie theater a year. Then. Okay, so let's go with that seventy dollars. Uh, $70, I think you said a, a month, or not a month, but per trip. Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, about $70. Okay, let, let's go with that number. So let's say the average person goes two or three times per year. Mm -hmm. In all actuality, how, are they really going to miss that theatrical experience? Because they go two or three times a year. Now, let, let's look at someone that goes more. Mm -hmm. Let's say someone that spend that goes once a you know once or maybe twice a month. Okay, you know, and they're spending a thousand to twelve hundred dollars a year. Okay, they go you know because they spend about one hundred fifty dollars a month. Uh -huh. Now, let's look at that number twelve hundred dollars. If they were not to go to the movie theater, they were just to buy from home. Would you say it's fair that that they spend half that amount if they just stay at home? Oh yeah, I mean it, probably a third if if that. Okay. Well, I'll even go higher. Let's say it's only a half. They don't. Let, you're saying sixty-six percent. I'm saying let's say fifty percent, right? Mm -hmm. But here's here now. Here's what I'm getting to. Here's my whole point. My whole long-winded point because you know I'm long-winded. Mm -hmm. The money that they saved that first year, they can invest that money into a fucking dope ass surround system at home, and then that's it. They they have it at my house. You're gonna be here next month. I feel like I have a theatrical experience in my house. I don't have the greatest um, sound equipment. I have one soundbar, but when you hear it, you'll see what it's like. Mm. I have a 75-inch television, and, bro, I feel like I, when I put up my shit all the way, I feel like I have a perfect theatrical experience. And even if I did, I, if I put another $500 into it, I have a exact cinematic, get the surround sound and everything going, I have a cinematic experience. You have a cinematic. I don't think you have a theatrical. Bro, There's even if you get surround, it's not just the surround sound. It's the smell of the pop, like the popcorn. I hear you. Every, like it's more than it's, just that. The stuff and, you but, can't pay but, for. But I will say that not everyone cares. So for more people than not, especially now that we have where you got 4K, 6K TVs at home, you do have great sound. Because for a while, like when we grow up, even surround sounds then didn't sound shit like the movie theaters. Now you have these so, ultra boost 3D sound, everything. So you can get great sound experience. So, I mean, it's. It, and maybe maybe this is my genera this is this is one of those generational things because I'm starting to get to that age where it's a completely it's an age gap right because I've I've been growing on my own now for fucking all, almost 20 years before the millennial family for somebody who's 21 22 I can see them not giving two shits about the the theatrical experience that the way that I care about it they because care about they seeing the news how we know it exactly they care about and I see where you're coming from now because yeah. You, you, the 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 theatrical uh, what you're watching and hearing is one thing, but the experience as well. Because I still say now I miss 
blockbuster, bro. And I don't miss mm -hmm. watching DVDs. I can go stick in a DVD now and watch it. I miss the experience of going there with a girl or with my boys, spending two hours to pick out one DVD, buying chocolate, getting to the, the, the cash register, see what chocolate you want, what popcorn you want, mm -hmm. what candy you want, coming back eight, nine, ten of you, or just one girl, you know, it's a date night or whatever, and watching a movie. I miss that experience. So I hear where you're coming from. It's the experience as well. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, like I said, for millennial families, and now everybody lives in that society where it's, what can you get the fastest? So if, True. if, if they have a decent TV, a decent system at home, I can see them giving two, two shits about a theatrical experience and just be like, look, I can watch it. I can, you mean I can go click it? Click download and watch it at home and pop my own food and concessions. Do that shit. Um, so here's my question to you. Yeah. How do the movie theaters, the movie theaters will always get us because that's what we know. But how yeah. do the movie theaters get someone like your son who's, a, a you know, a teenager who doesn't. Well, again, you're a bad example because my, you, went, kid, you yeah. went a lot. But on an average teenager who really doesn't give a fuck about theater, maybe they went maybe 10 times in their whole life even. Uh -huh. How do they pull in that demographic? Honestly, bro, Can I don't. they pull in that demographic? I, I, the, the thing is, is that, and that's that's the if this, and this could all be temporary. I know we're the streaming thing and WB. Like this could all once theaters are back up and running, ninety percent they should they could say because you know they want to make money. They could say fuck it, we're taking everything off streaming. It, it's not going to release first on streaming anymore. We're, we're fully back into the theaters, and it fixed this whole issue, right? It will fix this whole issue. But if 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 and this is something we keep saying. If the theaters, I mean, if the the studios now alter it to where streaming can be profitable, we're not as profitable as movie theaters, but if it can be profitable and they alter the budgets, I think that's a genie that can never go back in the box, bro. Can never go back. It's just like with Netflix and and uh, Blockbuster. When you look at it, the, what replaced what really replaced Blockbuster isn't Netflix. It was Redbox is what really replaced Blockbuster, right? If you look at a physical physical media like you go you go into a red box you click the thing you get the dvd that's what really has replaced blockbuster because now netflix is does netflix even still do the thing where they send out the dvds i think it's it's basically just streaming now. i don't think so bro exactly. but um i could have sworn netflix came out before red it did but i'm saying i'm saying right now netflix is not a replacement for what blockbuster was red box is Netflix right, is like his complete own thing. Yeah, I mean, as far as going and getting physically getting something. I mean, the physical sure, sure, thing. Sure. And red boxes are still profitable, right? But they're completely different. The, the reason why they're still profitable is because they don't have to have any book and mortar stores. They don't have any have to, physical locations. Just a vending machine. Just a vending machine. Um, and so that can't be theaters can't be replaced in that way. So it it yeah, bro. I think if this genie goes out the box and these studios like feel like okay no we're we're perfectly fine we can we can stay afloat streaming it's theaters will never completely go away but they're going to become like records now like i have a record player i still buy new albums on vinyl but that's that's a niche audience so so uh being that you're a you're a you're a film guy and being that you know a little bit about the the, the market would you say if you have if some someone's still holding on to shares of whatever the fuck uh movie theater are you saying sell like a motherfucker right now no, because there's a complete there's a complete chance that a big ass thing like Amazon comes in and buys all the AMC and then because we know Amazon has like look at Whole Foods they've completely revamped like they bought all the Whole Foods completely revamped it worked it into what they have going on and still have the physical stores 
So you if know what something, I could see? Sorry. Yeah, if something like that happens, it could. You never know. Can you imagine if like? A company like Apple or Google was to say we're getting into this and the kind of technology and I mean make it like a um uh uh you I don't mean no I don't mean any I'm not trying to you know no offense to what I'm about to say but like not necessarily like it would it would be like a luxury item to go to the movie theater where everything is like literally high class in terms of technology and everything you're getting and what an experience that would be. I could see that something like that happening. And like an Apple or a Google yeah. um, jumping in that. What do you think? I definitely can see it. I definitely can see it. Um, if, if, if an Apple or, and I said Amazon just cause Amazon buys everything, but or if Amazon, it, yeah, but no, I mean, Google's on the cutting edge of technology even more than Amazon. So if, if Google says, you know what, we can, we can make this profitable. Let's go and buy AMC. Let's go and buy fucking Regal or whatever, or at least buy a portion of it. I think if you can make the theaters a technology te- technological experience, you can get those. That's how you get those millennials in that you just asked about. Because remember when we was growing up? Imagine the first time you went to IMAX. Mm-hmm. What Oof. what an experience that was! Do you remember? Like I don't. The first time I went to IMAX, bro. I don't. I don't oh, you know the first time I went to IMAX. I actually went to go see the Michael Jordan. Um, it was a Michael Jordan uh, documentary, and. Uh, it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Because as great as the movie theater is, IMAX is like that on steroids. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, IMAX. I remember the first time I ever went and saw something on IMAX, and I honestly think, shit, fuck, was it Titanic? I think it was Titanic. Oh, I can up. only imagine. What I think that, that was the first like. IMAX movie that I ever saw, and it was just like, god damn, bro. Like, and I remember it was like. Can we can we can we see it like this every week? And my dad looking at me like, "There's no fucking way we can see it like this every week." Yeah, because you must have been in sixth, seventh grade, probably yeah. fifth, fifth, sixth, seventh yeah, grade. Fifth, one sixth, of those. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I think I was honestly in fifth grade when Titanic came. Out. <coughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, because I remember I went to go see it a second time with my girlfriend at the time. Her name was Lucindia, and I fingered her in that movie theater. And that's crazy. <laughs> I was in, I'm pretty positive I was in eighth or ninth grade. I don't remember, but I do remember I saw the movie four times in the theater with four different girls. And I always tell this story. <laughs> you fucking pull now. I didn't finger anybody though. <laughs> can you tell the people real quick before we move on? Can you tell the people this morning when you texted me what I texted you back with? Oh, you, what what, I you, you? call me the poon god? <laughs> fucking ass. Poon god. Fucking asshole, bro. Um <laughs> But yeah, so so that's that, bro. Uh, let's move on to the next bit of news. First pictures coming out from Coming to America 2. And all I can say, bro, is Arsenio, uh, you said it. Arsenio Hall looks old as fuck, bro. And Eddie Murphy looked the same way. He looked like fucking on a nutty professor. This motherfucking old age, but Arsenio <laughs> Hall looked beat up, bro. <laughs> bro, are you, are you excited for this movie at all? I am, bro. I, I have to say I am. Uh, and the reason being is... I um I literally saw Coming to America for the 500,000th time like a, a week or two ago. And every time I watch it, in my head, I'm like, damn, I can't wait to... Because remember, this was supposed to come out this month and it got pushed back. So I can't wait till it comes out, man. I, I can't wait to see where they go with it. And have they even revealed what the plot line is? Or... No, no. I don't know, but honest to God, I don't see where they could possibly go with this story. He married whatever the hell her name was, the, the Mr. McDowell's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh could it be his son? I don't know where they. Uh, he's the king, maybe. He's J. Is James Rose Jones even still alive? Yeah. Yes, bro. Yes, he's still alive. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where they could go with this story, honestly. Well, you remember? So, well, let me not say you remember. So, the first ever Coming to America sequel, the original plot was supposed to be 
Martin Lawrence was it, it was really? it, it was re- the reversal. I don't know if he was supposed to be Eddie Murphy's son or related to Eddie Murphy, but he was supposed to be in New York, and he finds out he's actually a prince. He's one of the, he's a prince of Zamunda, and he goes back to Zim- so it's supposed to be the reverse of a fish out of water story. That mm-hmm. was the original sequel that Eddie Murphy talked about for a long time when he wanted to get it done. That was like 10, 15 fucking years ago. This, by just these pictures, it looks like they're back in New York. There's even a picture of Eddie Murphy in like a jacket with all the different patches and shit on it, smiling. And it's just like, I don't want to see one of those sequels where it's a rehash of the same story. That's what has me not excited about. Like, I'm always excited to see Eddie Murphy do his shit. Eddie Murphy's one of the best of all time in my book. Always one of my favorite. But I don't know. There's nothing about the story right now that gets me excited, bro. Yeah, um, I will I will still be optimistic because it's Eddie Murphy and he's brilliant. Um, so I'm just curious to see where they could go about it. I'm trying to like juggle ideas in my head, but the only thing I can see is which I don't know if I'd be a big fan of is just his every his life now, 20 years or however the hell, 30 years later, mm-hmm. just him in New York with his wife and they probably have kids, and it's just like it'll be still be odd because um Oh, now he has kids that are American. But to me, the, if that's the way they're going, it won't make sense because you would assume by this point, he's living in New York for 30 years, he would understand the culture and understand, uh, he would be, a, a, you know, sort of a New Yorker by now because at this point, he would be living in New York longer than he did in Zamunda. Well, they went back to Zamunda. So I think that the- True. I think the True. story is that this is this may be their first time coming back to New York since. I could probably, you know what? I can actually definitely get behind that because just think of all that in real life, all that's changed in the last 30 years from when he was in New York last time versus when he's in New York 30 years later. And yeah, also for, for the wife, is the, is, are they casting the same chick? Yeah, you know? she's back. She's Everybody's back. Cool. Even, 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 um, even um, James from Good Times is back or is he even alive? I don't know. I don't know if he's back or not for sure. Gotcha. No. I can't wait to see it. No, no, he's not alive this? anyway, bro. He's not alive. Oh, he's not alive. No, okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Well, um, what's the release? Do you know? It's supposed to. It's releasing on Christmas, isn't it? Oh, oh! I thought they pushed that. I thought it was supposed to get come out this month, but I thought it was. I could have swore it's pushed back. Yeah, because originally we. Oh, it was you're right. It got pushed back to March. It's coming out early March. Right, right. It was supposed to come out on Christmas though, yeah. and then it got pushed back. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I guess we'll we'll be waiting and seeing what's going on with that. I I don't have super high expectations, but I mean, I didn't have. We will I, be reviewing. We, oh, we absolutely. That's not even up for debate. We will will be uh, reviewing that movie. Before we move forward, I just want to say the last time an Eddie movie, uh, Eddie Murphy movie came out, you said the same thing that you didn't have high expectations. And I, and I said the same thing too. I said the same thing too, and it was fucking Don't Mind Is My Name, and we both loved it, and that was kind of the resurgence. Of Eddie Murphy, yeah, because are they they're, they're supposed to be come out, or at least they said they were going to be coming out with a new Beverly Hills Cop. I don't know whatever ever had had happened with that, and then um and then now we got this. So that was sort of a resurgence from Eddie Murphy. So we'll probably get a couple more things from him in the future after uh, COVID. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Ah, well, there you have it, bro. Uh, the only other thing after that is that one of our I think a movie that we both liked and the movie that and another movie that we both enjoy, Happy Death Day. And uh, Freaky, which we just recently re- uh, reviewed, have now been confirmed to be in the same universe. Do you want to see a crossover between the two? I'd love to see a crossover, and it's crazy. Like, someone must have been listening from their studios or some shit, because <laughs> we were actually talking about that when we yeah. reviewed it, and, and talking about possibly having a crossover, and it'd be cool to see something like that. So, that's awesome, man. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, the girl in Happy Day. Her name was Trell? Tree? Tr- Tr- yeah, Tree something. So, I wouldn't Tree. mind. Like, even if it's just her... 
like the machine zaps her into this universe and it's her and the and the girl from uh freaky and they got a team up to take down a new ki- killer who has the sword sign me the fuck up for that like i have no exactly. issues with that at all um it may sound hokey like i think if this does happen the 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 plot line of it is probably going to sound corny but the execution right. i have no doubt that is going to be great yeah and it, to be honest with you if you look at a lot of horror movies especially some of the horror movies that we grew up to love mm-hmm. if you take a step outside of the nostalgia a lot of them are hokey as fuck i mean Freddy Krueger has knives on his fucking on his friggin' um fingers and are going to fucking kill kids in their sleep in their dreams. That's hokey as shit. But like you said, it's the execution and and how it's done the the, the final product. Definitely, definitely. And I think um yeah, I mean ultimately, I guess we'll I guess we'll wait and see. One one last thing, and this is something that I, that I remember reading, bro, that I wanted to talk to you about. You know, I said the last piece of news was our last news item, but this this is again piggyback off another conversation that we had so i remember when we had the disney plus conversation i said that they had 20 million subscribers right i was completely off by that they have 70 million subscribers and so is that one second is that u.s or worldwide that's worldwide that's worldwide but keep in mind disney plus still is not in a lot of countries either there's still some countries that are waiting to be launched um and so new projections came out that said that per their current rate of growth disney subscribers will surpass netflix by early 2022. 2022? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't believe that, though. I believe what you're saying is is real, obviously, but I don't believe that. I don't think that's going to happen. You don't, bro, I mean, you got to think, Disney, and I said 20 million, right? If Disney right. was able to get 70 million with three exclusive shows, bro, three, three, premiere, like they've had some random shit that they, like cooking and shit, but you got to think, if they were able to get to 70 million with that, they announced 61 new properties, like I said before, in the Marvel, in Pixar, in Star Wars, Alien, Home Alone. Those are things that are get people to hook yeah. hooked in. So if they were able to get to that 70 million number without those, you got to think once those are happening, bro, that it's going to it's going to blow up skyrocket. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm curious to know, and it's probably still early in the game for this number to even matter, Mm -hmm. but at some point it's going to matter. Um, I'm sure Netflix has, has good, good, um, you know, research on this, but Disney's still new. I'd still, I'd love to know what the renewal rate is. Are, are people, you know, from year to year, what is what is the drop off? What is the non-renewal rate? I don't think Disney's going to have that number as yet because it's still so early in the game yet. Yeah. But I'd love to know because if you have 70 million, I'm just giving an example. You have 70 million people and, you know, 2 million are, 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 are you know, 500,000 are not renewing from year to year or whatever yeah. the number is. And Netflix's renewal rate is much higher than that. Then that could even it out. I'm just throwing numbers and, and just, out. And just know. to throw this out here. So by the end of this calendar year, Netflix will have made $12.95 billion on their subscribers, while Net while Disney Plus, who has considerably less subscribers, will make $12.36 billion. I'm sorry, $12.36 versus? $12.95. Okay, is that profit or gross? That's profit. I'm sorry. No, that's gross. That's gross. But so right. they're still neck and neck. Netflix has a better profit. No, well, you would think that, right? But Netflix has right. to have licensing fees for most of their, their streaming True. services. N- Disney, the benefit of it is it owns everything that it does. True. So True. I think if you look at the whole big picture, Disney's obviously making more money because we haven't even begun to talk about merchandising. Well, I'm talking about just off the streaming, streaming, right. the, just off right, streaming. Because, right. yeah, if you add in fucking merch and uh, uh, Disney World and shit, there's nothing. 
there's not many companies that can compare. Right. But just based off just their streaming um, platforms, and then that's not even to add in. Don't forget, Disney is the primary, primary, the primary owner of Hulu too. So if you combine those two, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, uh, but I do think if it gets to that where Disney surpasses, I could see like um, uh, Netflix doing some sort of power play move and merging with somebody to to try to stay up in the game. Or, or you, I mean, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I think, and we've talked about this. I is it fair to say that both of these giants can both continue to operate, yeah, absolutely, and stay in there? Because I feel like it's two different lanes. Absolutely. And we've talked about this. The, the only, the only thing. The only way in which Disney can completely knock Netflix out, like if we say, th- if there's if there's a situation in which Netflix goes the route of of Blockbuster, for example, right? The only way Disney could do that is if they start bringing in properties to Disney Plus that they don't own. So if they start both going at like, for example, you brought up Amazon and Netflix does it too. Like uh, something we were talking about before is that you know Netflix goes and they go to like these um these film festivals and if they see see a movie that they like they'll buy it up and then it'll be a Netflix exclusive Disney like nothing. D- yeah Disney doesn't really do that if if it gets to a point where Disney starts doing that and oh, especially because now they're going to start allowing R rated content or they can have it as a as a Hulu exclusive if they don't want it on the Disney Plus thing if they start doing that then it may be over for Netflix. But even still, even still, I just don't see Disney opening up internationally like Netflix does. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, man. Yeah, We got front row seats to see what happens. We got front row seats. Yeah, that's for damn sure. What a time to be alive. But that is it for the news. We're going to go ahead, take a break. We're going to play a trailer for Songbird, and we'll be back to review it. Good morning, Miss Garcia. Good morning, sunshine. I miss you. I could kiss you right now. Someday. Curfew is now in effect. All unauthorized citizens must stay indoors. Tensions rise as we enter the 213th week of lockdown. A grim new reality emerges. COVID-23 has mutated. Beginning thermal scan. Thermal scan normal. A horrifying new development today. New data confirms the virus attacks the brain tissue. All infected Americans are being forced into quarantine camps. Sarah. Sarah, what's going on? Okay, bro. So we're here. If I did my job correctly, that would have been a trailer for song. But I just got I got to say it all the time now. Like, there's no no way I cannot say it. I know, it's um, like part of the thing now. So this was this is an interesting movie because this was the first movie uh, to start in complete production after the break that Hollywood had with COVID. Um, produced by Michael Bay, directed by Adam Mason, um, starring uh, KJ Apa, who uh, for people who watch uh, Riverdale, that's Archie, um, and. Uh, He's he's I like Riverdale for what it is, but this movie showed me a little different that he may actually have some movie stardom side to him, so to say, because he doesn't look all like a fucking cut out Ken doll like he's actually like li- looks lived in. But um, so this movie is interesting in that case. And then it also has covid as a prominent storyline in this. What did you think about the premise? What do you think about the fact that it was made right after the, the covid break in Hollywood? What do you think about all of that? Yeah, I think um I think it's interesting. Well, first of all, 
uh, if we could rewind a little bit, the, the amount of hate this movie has gotten because uh, it's literally all over the internet. I mean, they, people hate this movie. Not, I don't even think it's necessarily the premise of the movie, but they hate the fact that Michael Bay uh, is even talking about COVID, especially in the light where this is supposed to be uh, four years in the future. So they don't even go by COVID-19. They go by COVID-23. Yeah. Uh, it's four years down the road. So it's interesting that he they decided to go this route, but um, we'll get into it and we'll chop it up in terms of the movie. But I think it was really interesting that uh, they did they were able to do what they did in a pandemic. They were still able to shoot a, a movie. This was supposed to have a theatrical release in early 2021, and for whatever reason, they decided to just do it VOD in December. And um, the cinematography, I feel, was great. Um, a lot of great, you know, great shots and and. Uh, I, I saw this and heard this in a couple different areas. I don't know if this is 100%, but I did see it in more than one area. They said that the script was written in like an hour. So for someone to have written this script in an hour in the middle of a pandemic is just freaking amazing. I mean, the script is this the the script is not overly complicated. It just no. it, I mean, it really especially if it was in the I can I can clearly see someone in at the start of quarantine starting to think about how quarantine could evolve depending on how the pandemic evolves and sit down and coming up with this. Like I, I like that the, like it is during the pan- pandemic, an even bigger one. It's well, at this point it'd be almost post apocalyptic. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I hate to I always struggle saying that word, uh. but it also, it's a love story and that's something that always gets people hooked. So I'm surprised that it gets as much hate as what it does. And that even the, the tomato meter is as low as it is because people tend to love love stories. And then maybe it's, maybe it reflects too much of, of what people were worried about with the pandemic. So that's why people didn't like it. Yeah. I think, um, you, by the way, you mentioned tomato meter freaking 11%. Yeah. And with um with users twenty eight percent, which is why it was just ridiculously low. But I think because we're still currently living in COVID, mm-hmm. that's why I think this movie's a little bit um uh what what's the right word I'm saying here a little bit before its time. If it would have came out uh you know three four years from now twenty twenty two after everybody's had the the vaccine and we're all living exactly. good it's like that this is what could have like, happened we're we're good right. now but this is what could have happened yeah. but there are people that are legit terrified like. Is this what's going to happen? Yeah. Like, is will this be America? Like, so I think those are the people that are like, yo, you, you mess with my emotions right now. Obviously, uh, we're not like that. But um, yeah, man, uh, just a real quick to talk about some of the characters. You mentioned KJ Apa. I actually do. Um, I've watched Riverdale, and I'll be honest. Uh, well, first of all, even as a kid, I used to follow the Archie comic books like big time. But Archie was always like one of my favorite characters in the comic book on the on the show. I don't even think Archie's in my top five of characters. Oh no, that show's fucking amazing. I'm sorry, go ahead. Jughead is my no, favorite. No, no, that, that show, show that show is amazing. Yeah. But Jughead is my favorite character, yeah. and I like the girl, like Betty and Veronica. But anyway, I don't want to get into Riverdale. The point is, though, Archie's not even top five for me. But he did really, really, really well in this film. I think he showed that he has acting chops. Not like you said, a cookie cutter, uh, you know, Kendall. And I can see this film giving him uh, options to do other films as well. This may be the thing that gets him to do other movies. I'm not saying they might be big, gigantic blockbusters, but at least his this could give him his start. Um, this also is a very, very good cast. I mean, we have Demi Moore. Um, we have um, uh, Alexandra Daddario's fine ass. We have... Um, starting to fall off, bro. 
Huh? What's that? She's starting to fall off. Who? Alexandria Daddario. No, she's not. Yes, not she from is. the neck down. She's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to get MBK, but you're just taking me there, bro. All right, we'll save um, it for MBK. <laughs> uh, Peter Stormare, who's he's another motherfucker that never ages. He looks the same way he's always looked. I mean, but he, but he, the he point does is, look like shit, though. I mean, <laughs> he, he doesn't look like shit, but also I think he's meant to look like shit. No, no, I mean even in real life, he just he just oh, yeah, yeah. he he has yeah. that very much Eastern European. I smoke twelve packs of cigarettes a day. Look to him, and it's like once you get to that point, there's really like he hasn't aged in at least thirty years. But I mean, he, you look at him just like he did on Prison Break yeah. uh, or uh, in um, uh, Armageddon yeah. and stuff. So yeah, but uh, the point is, and they had the dude from. Uh, from uh, Cobra Kai, uh, Paul Walter Hauser, yep. um, who's the guy in the wheelchair. So really good cast, I think. Yeah, yeah, really, really. Craig Robinson, who is used. Cra- oh, yes. Craig definitely. Robinson is one of those people to me that is like, you got to sprinkle him like salt on top of a, a product. Because when he's the main one, he gets fucking annoying as shit to me, bro. But in a role like this, it's funny as hell. It was funny yeah, as hell. Yeah, he was sprinkled. And, yeah, You're and right. so I, I, I really, bro, it has to be something. Because I can tell you what, I have seen a lot of movies that are very similar, like, like after the pandemic, they're like, it's like Netflix picked up a lot of pandemic related movies and started streaming True. them, but they didn't have the heart of this. Like, I don't know what I'm missing and I'll bury the lead here. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie and I didn't, I didn't look at the Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't look at a single review until after I watched it. And for example, one of the people that me and you both like a lot, uh, Chris Stuckman ate this movie of fucking lies and I'm looking at it and I'm like, to me, okay, isn't, is it a fucking if this would have released in theaters, okay, maybe it would have been a little different there. But as what it is, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to see Stuckman stuff yet. I saw, um, uh, you know, that guy I watch, um, shit, I forgot his channel, Austin, I forgot, Austin Burke. Okay. I saw his, but the only negative thing that I agree with people on, and I don't know if you would agree, I, the only thing is I feel like they had way too many storylines going on at once. You had um, KJ Apa and Sophia Carson storyline. Mm-hmm. You had the storyline of the whole COVID. You had Lester and him owning a business. That's sort of a small thing. That's not, maybe not even a storyline. Maybe not even include that. However, you had Demi Moore and her daughter. Her daughter's sick. You had Demi Moore and her husband having issues. You had her husband cheating with Alexandra Daddario. You had Alexandra Daddario isolated. You have Alexandra Daddario and Hauser having some sort of internet relationship. So I feel like there was a lot of moving parts, yeah. but that's the only negative, honestly, I found in the movie. So the Alexandria Daddario storyline with Denny, uh, Demi Moore's husband storyline could have been completely wiped out for me. I um, agree. I really don't think it was necessarily. I think you could have got to a lot of those same story beats without it. I do like the the Alexandria storyline with um, what's his name? Uh, Peter Stormer. No, yeah. Uh, Hauser. Um, yeah. Paul Hauser. I like. Yeah. I like that storyline because. It shows how people are trying to connect in this. So I like I like that because it, it parallels the storyline with KJ Appa and uh, Sarah's character in a way. So I like that kind of. Um, and there are some also some jumps here. Like, bro, I've flown a drone. The shit that Hauser's drone does, bro. Mm, I know, bro. That shit that shit transcends states. Like the battery would die on that shit in twenty minutes. <laughs> but to be fair, he's a military man too. True. True, true. So true. maybe he got like some of that friggin' material that you you're not you're not um that you don't have. True. And I and I like the fact that his storyline, what I do like about his character is that when he was asked about how the pandemic affected him, he was like, Hell, after I came back from the war like this, people didn't look at me anyway. So I felt like I was alone any goddamn way. So like right. it, it's it's 
it's it's a lot of heart in this movie. And it goes like we talked about heart a lot in the last movie. It's funny. Like there is a lot of heart in this movie. And I th- could the story have been executed better? Yes. I don't think it could have necessarily been directed better. I don't know what else this director did, but this shit, and it may be the Michael Bay influence, but this shit was beautiful to look at. Like those drone shots, the shots of like when you get to see this, like how he looks, like how the city's tore down, and especially initially when we see KJ Oppa's character going around on the bike, that shit was all beautiful, man. Visually, bro, cinematography-wise, my favorite shots of this entire movie is literally every time he's on a bicycle because – um, they just the way they did the wider shots and just you see everything and what looks so incredible is like it's absolute desolate. There's like nobody out and it's just mm-hmm. nothing. And I don't know, man. I don't I don't know what more people are asking for or what more they could possibly want in the movie. Um, a lot of the the, the bad ratings and the bad reviews to me are just um unnecessary. And I honestly believe, and I, I don't I don't know if I should be saying this or not, but I feel like I feel like if one big movie reviewer gives a movie a bad rating, people just jump on e- that shit. Everybody feels yeah. like they have to. And if they don't, they'll be like they'll be looked at differently. Fortunately, we don't give a fuck about what anybody else says and we're gonna give our own opinions, whether it's what against the grain or, or or you know whatever. So I think that a lot of movies get bad, bad uh, you know, publicity because of that. Personally, I enjoyed the movie, man. I, I, I other than a lot of storylines, I can't say that I hated much. Okay, well, could have things been done a little bit differently? Sure, but it, does it warrant a eleven percent tomato meter score? Hell no. I understand, like, okay, KJ App and Sophia Carson. Everybody knows, and I'm, I'm the first thing that comes to mind is Titanic. When we're talking love stories, it's like the ultimate Goliath of love stories. You always want to see the beginning of the love story, like. You want to see it get there, like how they got there. Here, we didn't really get that. They were already in the middle of the of their love story. They had already fallen in love. So you miss a little bit of that magic. The magic's sort of gone because they already love each other. Mm-hmm. But why is no one talking and taking a step further of like him never seeing this girl in person, never touching her, never being intimate with her, and the the extent he's willing to go to save her life and save her. Yeah. That that's we didn't see the magic at the beginning, but we're seeing a lot of magic there. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think he got a lot of unnecessary heat. And I think it's more a political thing in terms of political and also in terms of people just fucking scared because we're living in the middle of COVID. And there's probably some idiots out there thinking, like, what if this happens to us? Yeah, yeah, true. And let's get into the actual story. So, like, we've talked a lot about the movie. We haven't talked a lot about the story. So, the, the, so uh, KJ Appa's character is what's it's a courier. He's somebody who is immune to COVID, so they use him to go around and deliver packages uh, to, to people. He's in love with uh, Sarah, uh, played by Sophia Carson. Um, they have n- never been physically face-to-face. At least that's the, the tone that I got from it. Never, because just on the, the phone. Pandemic. Yeah, just on the phone. Um, and so... A mystery kind of unravels in which the 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 immune have this yellow bracelet. Sophia's grandmother comes down with COVID. He wants to get her a bracelet so that she's not taken away to what's called a Q zone that is ran by Peter Stomare, uh, which it's funny that like the Department of, of Trash blew up sanitation. and now is like it, uh, sanitation now runs the fucking country. But uh, right. uh, and so. Uh, that's how this kind of unfolds. He goes to Demi Moore's husband. I forgot the guy who plays his name. Um, and asks for it. So this kicks off now. He thinks that somebody snitched that he's giving people bracelets who don't need them. This whole thing fucking unravels. Peter Stormare's character is like a dick. He's coming after. He wants everybody who's not healthy. He thinks he's a god because he's also immune. And everything kind of breaks down between there. What do you think about 
about the sh- you kind of already said it. you think there's a lot of storylines and that, even me just naming that overall plot isn't all the storylines in there because we still got like we said Alexandra Daddario's character Craig Robinson's doing his shit like but that's the basis of what's happening here the conflict I feel like there could have been a better conflict and I think Peter Stormare's he he's doing his normal thing. But the first scene we get him in, he walks up to this guy and he just stabs him for no fucking reason. And then like the scenes of him singing by himself and the it's he's a weird fucking villain. And I think that that may play into why a lot of it because I think maybe if you had more of a of a serious antagonist, maybe. But what do you think, bro? Yeah, um, he sort of plays this this psycho character, and I think if they would have if they would have given it a little more backstory on his character as to why he got this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We understand he is this way, but why is he this way? What happened? Did his wife die of COVID or like more backstory Then maybe we could have probably understood it better. I will say though, I do love the one storyline I love is, is um, uh, William and Piper, which is uh, Demi Moore's character and Demi Moore's uh, husband's character. I love their storyline. Like they're selling black market, immune bracelets like that's a if this shit was ever to be real you better believe that would be a real thing where there are people buying immunity bracelets and like this under mar- underground mark uh, black market type of thing um that i would have i would love to see a movie just based on that because i think that would be freaking crazy um but yeah man um l- like we said it's not a perfect movie right but it's definitely not a movie that's like a freaking three out of ten i don't think i mean we'll get to the ratings later on but uh, there it does have its faults but i just i just don't think it's as bad as people are saying yeah yeah um what do you think about uh who played sarah sophia carson what do you think about her this is so my first actually, time ever seeing her in anything yeah i actually looked at her filmography and she's not really in anything to be honest with you um i'm gonna go i'm gonna look it over again um, oh, disney. I will say, oh, dude, she's like a disney right. yeah kid act- actress mainly it seems like exactly uh i will say she was um i, I in, in my opinion i think she did uh she's also from fort lauderdale which is like uh 20 minutes from where i grew up in in, in florida here but um I think she did a good job considering she's only ever been in Disney. She's never been in a serious sort of movie this way um, with a, with a great cast. Um, I think she played the innocent, the character she was playing, I think it was perfect for like that innocent role. I don't think she would have been able to play the role that like Alexandra Dario played or Demi Moore played, for example, she, this role fit her perfect because she has that innocent look and I think she'll be fine in Hollywood. She'll probably get more roles. She's a cute girl and everything. So mm-hmm. I think she'll, she'll probably, uh, you know, she'll probably be fine. I think her wooden was think? acting, bro. I mean, her what? acting was wooden in my opinion. But she, her character didn't have a lot to do. Basically, her character's whole thing is to reacting to the Be fucking satisfying. shit going going around her and try to get her grandma out of there. So she didn't have a lot of room to show a lot of depth. I don't think this wasn't right. the role Use for perfect that. Word. Um, but the fact that I mean, she's absolutely drop dead gorgeous, and she didn't do anything that was terrible here to where like she'll never be cast again. Um, and then plus, people hated this movie, so does it does it really even fucking matter? Um, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, she was just—it was kind of interesting because I never seen her anything before. But uh, yeah, bro. I mean, what else do you want to talk about with this movie? No, I mean, um, that's the thing—the movie is very cut and dry. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of twists and turns, and there's not a a, um, I don't want to say there's not a lot of depth, but I I don't know what people's expectations were coming into this one. There's only so much you can do with COVID and with a pandemic, and I'm not even talking about the writing and the filming. I'm talking about 
the movie itself. There's only so much they, what could they, what else could they have done? There's only so much you can do in the middle of, of a pandemic. So it's not like they could have done a million different things or, or gone a million different ways. There's only so much you can do. And I think they did the best they, they could do. And um, I, I keep going back to the you know, defense of this film only because I've seen so much hate all across the internet from YouTube to letterbox to everywhere you can see or reviews. And thank God I didn't, I never look at that shit or watch that shit before I watch a movie because I don't want it to like alter my mind. And songbird actually was a film I was really anticipating. Like, I think I even told you when I saw the, uh, the trail for the first time, I'm like, yo, this is some shit I want to see. Cause it's about COVID and, KJ Apple was in it from Riverdale and I was like, Oh, this, uh, my, and Demi Moore and stuff. And we haven't seen her in a long time. I'm like, okay, this might be something interesting. And overall, I liked it, man. Um, what do you think about the ending? Um, you know, let's get to the ending where Sophia Carson sort of one ups them and gets into the hazmat suit. Do you think it was a stupid ending? What do you think it was unrealistic? Well, I mean, that wasn't the ending. Well, we got a little bit more out of that, but let's start from that. From scenario, that point of her getting it, her um, escaping. I didn't think it was stupid. I mean, that, you kind of could see it happening. I mean, what do you expect in this type of movie? That that's what you right. can see happening. Um, I think the bigger thing is is that I love when um the villain tells her, "Oh no, you don't get it. You don't get it. You you were in your house with your grandmother who had COVID. You're you're immune." And the look on her face was like, "All this for nothing. All this for nothing. Do I get to go?" And he's like, "Oh no, it's not that easy. You you don't get to go free. You fucked up. You fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. I mean that that that." As that as that starts leading towards what happens at the end, I think was really good. But her getting in like the hazmat suit didn't bother me much. Did it bother you? No, not at all. Okay, I thought it was smart. Yeah. What else is she supposed to do? How else was she supposed to escape? She was almost gone too. She almost yeah. was out of there. Um, exactly. And how about the actual ending with KJ Apa? You know, totally unrealistic coming in there and somehow getting the freaking bracelet onto her hand. I don't even know how the fuck. Bro, that I didn't possible. know how I thought it was going to go. I really thought that we were going to get him turning into John McClane and all of a sudden like shooting every like coming in <laughs> yeah, on the bike black blasting motherfuckers like I'm like is, yeah, yeah, motherfucker. is, is this where this shit is going? Um I think to me that that was the part that was stupid. And here's why. You mean to tell me that they're taking people to the to the quarantine zones without checking if they have bracelets first? That would probably be the first thing that they would check for before they put them on one of those those vans is to see if they're immune. I could defend that. Okay. Or only Sophia Carson because at this point Storm Erdogan gives no fucks about her and like send her ass. We don't care if she's immune or not. Send her ass. Who cares if she has a bracelet? She already fucked up. She's made my day difficult. Send her ass. Remember, he's nuts. Yeah, true. So I think maybe they do check people actually, but they probably didn't check her because Storm Air must have already been like, send her through. Okay, okay. I mean, but then if that's the case, then why are they checked in? Shouldn't they still say fuck it then? Right, exactly. And that's where you have the problem because at that point, they should have just shot her in the head and that's it. Done. Yeah. yeah. Fucking, fucking retarded, bro. Fucking retarded. Um, I, I, again, visuals though, they ended it on a great visual of them on the bike and the drone following them and big sir. on the coast. That shit was fucking big. Yeah, Big Sur, amazing. Beautiful visuals, man. Yeah. Beautiful visuals. I, I, we, I need to go to Big Sur, bro. I'm a little upset because I really thought. Um, I would have. I really thought like Alexandra Desario was still going to go to um to to Hauser to you know still go with him. She ended up. I think if I'm if I watched it correctly, she ended up not going. Um, she ended up not yeah. going to Paul Hauser's house and stayed at her own. But remember, she was getting ready to go. But I guess after he killed uh, William Griffin's character, she decided to stay. I would have liked to see them. You know, to see her go. But 
probably the sequel that would never happen. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Were you surprised that Alexandria Daddario wasn't in Sarah's role? Yes. You would no, think no, that. No, 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 no. I'm not surprised. You're not? Because okay. I don't think each other couldn't have done those. Each uh, They each couldn't have done those roles. Because Sophia Carson's role needs to be someone that's scared and innocent. When you look at Alexandria Daddario, bro, she she doesn't look like someone that's like scared and innocent. She looks like, yo, I'm going to do my shit. I have big tits and I'm going to do my shit. That's how she looks like. Whereas Alexandria Daddario's role Sophia Carson is too innocent looking to be a hooker and, and have a, a affair with a, um, with a married man and stuff like that. Um, obviously I'm pretty sure both of them could pull off the roles. I just don't feel like it fits them. If that you. makes sense. I, I completely got you there. Um, but yeah, I, that's the bro. I, I really don't have, it's one of the, I mean, there's not a lot to the plot, bro. I mean, we didn't really touch on the whole plot with, uh, Demi Moore and her husband too much, and him cheating on her with actually Alexandria Daddario, um, right. and all that. But like I said, I think I mean, can we a- talk about the options this dude's had? I mean, this dude got Demi Moore at home. He got Alexandria Daddario in a hotel. Mm. Jesus Christ! We need to be selling freaking immunity braces. Is what we need to be doing. I can start printing some up, bro. Do it. <laughs> Speaking of Mister, don't you have a cricket? You you should be making T-shirts, bro. I don't even know where the cricket is. I think my wife sold it because I wasn't using it. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds if like some like yeah, scene have do. it. That's yeah. funny. I have to ask her if she sold it. She's probably like this best. Literally, she bought the thing and it was sitting in the game room for like six months. I didn't even open the box. So I know she she went on our community um, Facebook page and was like, we're selling the cricket. Is anyone interested? So I don't know if she ever got a buyer or not. I didn't even That's ask. funny. That's funny. If she hasn't, I'll buy it. I'll, I'll find out. She, right. she might have sold it, but I'll find out. It's, it's literally in the box, unused. <laughs> All right, bro. Ratings. What's going? What's, what are you giving this movie? I'm going to go with this 7 out of 10. You said 7? Yeah. Actually, I, I'm bouncing 7 and 7.5 seven and in my head. I'll go with 7 and a quarter out of 10. Just go in the middle. That's 6 for me, bro. 6? Six? 6 for eh. me. 6 for me. Um, and Like I said, it's enjoyable. I really like the story. I like the heart in it, but it's 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 one of those it's like a how can I describe this? Let me let me use a phrase that I use a lot, right? You know how like for let some people feet. No. Oh. You know how for some people pizza is just pizza? Right, right, right. That's how this was for me. It was it That was, should be the name of this this episode. Pizza just pizza. Pizza is just pizza. Um, yeah, yeah. But what 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 could you like bro, it's pizza. It, it this it could not have been flaming yawn. No matter what. True. Ingredients, there's it, no way it, it this, been this story, no matter what else you add or take away from it, unless you like it com- change the, the story completely to be like a flat out John McClane pandemic action movie, <laughs> it, it there's the, the, that's it's not gonna get much better than this. It it executed what it what it could be to the best of it. I just think that the best the best possible execution of this story is still only six, six and a half. You feeding for some fucking diehard, aren't you? That's about three John McLean references already this oh, episode. Bro. I'm watching this shit as soon as we get done. I got wings. I'm I'm cooking and I'm watching Die Hard. So that's probably what's on my mind. It's literally all I'm fucking I'll probably watch about. it tomorrow. I, I want to watch uh, Sound of Metal tonight. Okay, cool. All right, so that's it. That's our ratings first song, Bird. Let us know how you feel about it. Uh, that's really it, bro. Go ahead and give me social media. I can be reached on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T-H-E-P-1JB. You can also find me on Facebook. Check me out. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow us collectively at The Film Bros. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, thefilmfrequencypod at gmail.com. We are 
a member of the Breaks Media, and we are out this bitch. Peace. Peace. Peace.